Welcome to Red Pill Torah, calling believers from man's institutions to God's instructions. You know, there's no mix like a bad mix. More on that later. I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. And no, we're not talking about a mixtape. We're talking about mixture and how that relates to Christmas. So join us on this journey. Follow us at redpilltorah.podbean.com. Find us on Facebook or Twitter and on Google Play. Don't forget to follow, like, and share our podcast. At the time of this recording, we are entering the Christmas season. The weather here is colder, the decorations are going up, and the sounds of Christmas are all around. Yeah, they sure are. You know, there's a song that says this is the most wonderful time of the year. Families come together for great food and great times. The decorations are really beautiful, and the music is pretty good, too. Where we live, a driver using the turn signal usually means that that driver is lost. (laughs) So we need to pass them in a very frustrated manner with two or three long blasts of the car horn as we go by. Now, at this time of year, I think people actually pass signaling drivers with only one loud horn blast. Yes, people are kinder and gentler, enjoying time off from work and generous gifts from all their loved ones. In addition, many people are more open to talking about the Messiah at this time of year. Acts of charity and kindness are to be expected from businesses and individuals alike all around the world. Many people consider December the 25th Jesus' unofficial birthday. Now, this sounds like a perfect setup. I mean, gifts, acts of kindness, beautiful music and decorations, and a connection to the Savior of the world. Now, we both know that there are a lot of people who have a problem with Christmas. Many of these people claim to be believers in the Messiah, the Son of the Most High. Now, uh, Miss, have you seen the video of the woman on the Dr. Phil television show talking about why she doesn't celebrate Christmas? Mm-hmm. And uh, do you remember the looks that she was getting from the people in the audience? You know, even Dr. Phil was treating her as if she was a stone-cold nut. Now, for our international listeners, that's another way of saying Dr. Phil seemed to think that she was crazy. Daddy, I saw that video. And I think it's over eight years old. Yeah, I think so. During the video, she said her family members called her cheap and thought she was depriving her child of the joys of Christmas. I remember her sharing some of the historical points about the origins of Christmas that I had never heard before. In spite of those facts, people, including Dr. Phil, were unconvinced. They thought that she should be more flexible and willing to compromise. Well, that sounds even worse than peer pressure, you know. Not being on the same page with your family is a really difficult place to be. Now, in full disclosure, we stopped celebrating Christmas after we learned the origins of the holiday. And since we took that red pill, we've seen our faith through new eyes. In this podcast, we hope to share what we've learned, and we pray that you'll keep an open mind, read up on what we discuss for your own knowledge, and prayerfully just just make up your own mind. So, Miss, some believers are offended by the Christmas holiday. Now, how could that be? It may be because they know that the Father feels some kind of way about mixture. In Exodus 20, 1 through 5, the Father says, I am Jehovah your Elohim, who brought you out of Egypt and out of bondage. 
You will have no other gods before me. Don't make any images or bow down before them or serve them because I am a jealous God. Mm-hmm. In Deuteronomy 12, 29 through 32, Jehovah gives a clear directive to Israel. He says, when I cut off the people in the land where you're going and take you um, take them out of there and put you in there, be careful not to be snared by what they are doing. Don't ask about their gods, saying, how do the people serve their gods so we can serve our God that way? You had better not do that because every disgusting thing that I hate, they have done to their gods, even murdering and burning their own children as worship to their gods. Do what I tell you to do. Don't add to it or take away from my instructions. Now, I'm sure that most believers are clear on not worshiping other gods. The second instruction you read is a key point, though. Jehovah does not want to be worshipped in the same way other people worship their small g gods. Whatever they did, he did not want that offered to him in worship. So from that, I would conclude that even if people's intentions are honest or sincere and totally God-focused, their good intentions do not override God's instructions. For more detail on that point, please listen to our podcast number 14, titled Good Intentions or God's Instructions. But just be clear, mixture means combining other practices that Jehovah disapproves of with his worship, his ways, and his instructions. Now, that's a bad mix. Well, let's pick up an example from the Bible, Dad. Okie doke. Exodus 32 tells us when the people of Israel were tired of waiting for Moses to come down from Mount Sinai, they insisted that Aaron make them gods to lead them. Aaron made a golden calf and an altar. When the people saw it, they said, this is your God, Israel. He brought you out of Egypt. In verse 5, Aaron said, tomorrow is a feast to Jehovah. They were worshiping Jehovah, using the gold calf as a tangible proxy for the Most High. When Jehovah saw what they were doing, he was furious and ready to kill them and start all over with Moses. He told Moses that the children of Israel had corrupted themselves and turned aside quickly from the ways he had commanded them. Clearly, the Father was not willing to accept their mixed worship. Hey, I agree, Mama. Our Elohim was not pleased with mixture at that time. We believe the same is true today. Mm -hmm. We now know that many of the icons and practices associated with Christmas were taken directly from the worship of false gods. 2 Kings chapter 23 tells us about King Josiah and how he stopped idol worship in Judah. Verses 4 through 10 mention several of the little g-gods that were being worshipped. They included Baal, the sun, moon, and stars, which is referred to as the host of heaven in that scripture, Asherah, which was represented by the grove of trees mentioned, and Molech, on which many children were burned alive. Mm. Would it surprise you to know that the rituals used to worship these things are the basis of some Christmas traditions? It's as if someone cut out the face from a painting of Jesus and glued it on to the drawing of a false god and said, hey, here you go. You know, it, it's hard to see these practices as anything other than mixture. And we do have a few more examples to share. In Ezekiel 8, 
Yehovah showed Ezekiel the abominable things his people Judah were doing in his temple. Tammuz, a pagan sun god, is mentioned. His birthday is historically reported to have been December 25th, along with other false sun gods like Nimrod, Mithra, Ra, and Osiris. FYI, Yeshua, known as Jesus, was not born on December 25th. It's very likely that he was born during Sukkot, but that's another podcast. In the Bible, you can also find mention of a pagan god called Molech. Molech was a fiery red furnace-like pot-bellied idol whose worshippers would read a list of their desires to it, and then they would lay their babies on its fiery lap. History also makes reference to the worship of Mithra in the celebration of Saturnalia, Sigillaria, and Brumalia. These holidays were celebrated from December the 17th to the 25th. During Saturnalia, there was riotous celebrating, sexual orgies, and drinking. During Siglaria, there was gift-giving of dolls to children. And during Brumalia, there was decorating of trees and child sacrifice for prosperity. As you can see from the date to the activities, our Christmas celebration is just another version of these ancient pagan practices celebrated on the very same day the pagans celebrated it. In multiple places in the Bible, it is recorded that the father was not pleased with this type of mixture or just outright disobedience to his commandments. Well, Miss, you know, you mentioned that Yeshua was not likely born on December 25th. Mm -hmm. Now, if I had to choose a day to celebrate his birth, I would say that December 25th seems like the worst day to choose. It makes Yeshua look like just another version of one of those sun gods or something. That's right, and we know that's not the case. Amen, Mama. In Jeremiah 10, verses 2 through 5, Elohim says, Don't learn the ways of idolaters, and don't be alarmed by signs in the skies, because idol worshipers are alarmed by those things. Their practices are worthless. One cuts down a tree with an axe, decorates it with silver and gold, and fastens it with nails so it won't fall over. The trees stand upright, but they can't talk. They have to be carried because they can't walk. Does that description sound familiar to you? Maybe Mm -hmm. like a Christmas tree? And what about uh, the practices misread about? I hope that the similarity is clear to you. Now, while I'm sure believers have no intention of worshiping false gods by doing these things, do their intentions outweigh our God's instructions? Our God told us, do not learn these ways and do them in worship to him. I understand that these traditions were inherited over centuries and believers today mean well in doing all this stuff. I think that when we know better, we need to do better. In 2 Kings chapter 22, 10-13, Josiah was not aware of all the idolatry the previous kings of Judah had committed against Jehovah. After reading the Torah, which had been lost for years, he discovered that he and all of Judah and Jerusalem were guilty of disobeying Jehovah. His response was dramatic. He tore his clothes, he repented, he cried, he purposed in his heart to make a change and find out from God what change that should be. 
We see how King Josiah responded to the question. But what would you do if you discovered that the way you live your life or some of your beliefs are out of line with God's instructions? Would you take the blue pill and do nothing? Or take the red pill and stand for God's instructions? Only you can answer that question. Miss, I wonder if at this point I should say bah humbug or something like that. You know, I think believers who don't celebrate Christmas kind of get a bad rap. Don't I know it. When we stopped celebrating Christmas, telling our family was the first thing we had to do. This was a very sacred and joyous time for our family. So when Tim and I declared that we were not going to celebrate it anymore, it was jarring. Now, it may have been my delivery of the message. I don't know. I'm very convinced of what the Ruach HaKadosh had confirmed in my spirit regarding this. And it can sometimes come off a little pushy, so I'm told. Well, challenging believers to examine their faith is inherently jarring, you know. I pray that our listeners will honestly examine their ways and change if and when necessary. Now, as we meet non-believers who want to discuss Jesus during Christmas, I pray that we take advantage of that opportunity. Explaining the occult origins of Christmas is probably a little too deep for unbelievers. Let us follow the Ruach HaKodesh for wisdom here. Mm -hmm. We should do the same thing when talking with believers who don't see Christmas the way we do. Follow the Ruach HaKodesh. This is a good time to plant seeds. Remember, our goal is to win souls, not arguments. Some plant, some water, and Elohim makes it grow. So if other believers don't accept what you may share with them, show them love. Don't be offended and pray that their eyes too might be opened. Well, Dad, that's it for today's podcast. Please go back and listen again to what we've shared. Do some research about the things we've mentioned. Share this podcast with a friend. Thanks for spending 15 or so minutes with us at Red Pill Torah where you can handle the truth. truth.